Welcome to All Access Network Podcast. So excited that you decided to join us. You will absolutely love and you're in for a treat for today's guest. Uh, we are on a mission to positively impact the world through sports and culture. We're a multimedia network, we're a YouTube channel, uh, a podcast, and we also have live shows. Uh, if you haven't followed us on YouTube, you can find us at uh, All Access Network. If you haven't followed us on Twitter, you can find us at All Access underscore net, uh, where we also do some of our live shows, uh, along with Facebook at All Access Network. But so excited to have you with us today. Uh, we love for people to be able to write their story, uh, leave their mark, and create their legacy. We're on a mission. We appreciate you joining us. And again, please share, like, and subscribe uh, whenever you get a chance. And stay on this journey with us. It's going to be an awesome ride. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career. Today we sit down with Dallas basketball grassroots influencer leader. Um, the list just kind of goes on with this man. Uh, Stacy Houston is a person who has had multiple different roles within the grassroots and basketball community. Uh, he has continued to innovate. He's continued to impact, and he's he's living his best life right now. He's found his lane, he is thriving, and he is uh, as influential as he's ever been in his own ways. And not only that, but he's impacting the community at a high level. But the thing you'll love most about his story uh, is how he turned his own personal tragedy into triumph. Check it out. Welcome, 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 All Access Coaches Corner. Uh, another special guest, uh, keeping it hot. Got the flames in the background. Uh, just can't say enough about uh, Stacey Houston. I, I don't even have enough time to cover all the things that uh, he does and that he means to me and he means to the basketball community in Dallas. So uh, me being from the Dallas area, got to know Stacey so well over the years, and we've had – like real family does, we've had some moments where it's like, "Yo, man, I'm not, I'm not real happy with this guy right now." And then we've had moments where it's like, you know, I couldn't be more proud. And I think just the journey uh, of us is uh, something I want to celebrate today. But I uh, really just want to celebrate him. You know, I wouldn't probably be doing exactly what I'm doing the way I'm doing the way God is transitioning my life and pivoting me from college coaching to doing things with uh, empowerment coaching. Um, sports media and podcasts and rising coaches. Uh, he's been a big, big time guy screaming behind the scenes in, in support of me and helping me, to, you know, understand my own value, to be honest. So I think he's done that not only for me, but for so many others. 
uh, not enough hats to be able to explain what all he does and who he is, but just a man of influence within the basketball circle. Um, so without further ado, Stacy, welcome to the to the coaches corner, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Glad to be here, man. Blessing to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So um so first we just like to ask, who is Stacy Houston? Wow. Pretty simple, man. Um, just an individual that's about growth, you know, empowerment, um, individuality, and creativity. You know, just, you know, want, want to see people just do well and uh, do what I can to help them accomplish those goals. That's really who Stacey Houston is, man. Yeah, I love it. Um, so tell us about family real quick, and then we'll kind of segue into the rest of it. Tell us about your family. Wife, um, a daughter, 32, three grand girls. Um, um, was fortunate enough to have my son for 17 years before um, he was tragically killed in a train accident. But uh, now it's just me and five girls, women. Yeah, 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 that's different. That's really different. So, uh, I love every moment of it, man. It's a challenge. Um, I enjoy putting smiles on their faces. Um, I'm difficult to deal with at times. They know that. So they know when I'm in my space, they stay in their space. So we we, we figure it out. We figure it out. No doubt. I know all about that. So uh, we'll talk about Kobe Bryant a little bit more, but following his footsteps right. as, a, as a girl dad, he, he made girl dad cool for all of us. So it's right, hashtag, it really did. Yeah, yeah. It's slogan. So now, uh, dads that have a house full of women can take a different kind of, you know, pride and bravado with it because of the mm -hmm. mama. So uh, I have right. two daughters, a wife, and one on the way. So I can definitely relate. So as we talk about Kobe, uh, and you mentioned your son, uh, we'll talk about his legacy a bunch because you still represent that to this day. And um, he's a, a figure in the Dallas community that. I mean, you were talking about this off air and um, yesterday before we got on. And, you know, it's hard to ever compare anybody to Kobe Bryant as far as his impact after he is no longer with us. And I think, like you said, so many people are still gripping uh, the idea that Kobe is no longer with us. But I just thought uh, and I still think today he's probably the most beloved athlete that maybe has ever played because of who he was after he finished and who he was. He showed us a whole different side of him and how he's impacted so many lives since his his tragic death as well. And so your son, in his own regard, uh, I got a chance to coach him at a Blue Texas Blue Chips camp and got a chance to know him. His light was incredible um, as far as how he, you know, just had a way of connecting people to him and just a joyful spirit. And, and, and he had a, a talent and an ability too to make people better, but people wanted to be around your son. And so I say that whenever his, uh, the tragic thing happened with your son, uh, there was a very similar kind of effect and still kind of has that lasting effect, how he celebrated similar in the Dallas Fort Worth area and in the state of Texas, similar to how Kobe Bryant, again, all due respect to Kobe, but in, in its own way, 
is very, very resemblant of that. And that just says so much about your son. So tell us a little bit about the legacy. I know you started a grassroots program behind his name. You've done a lot of charity events behind his name and put on different games and had a lot of different impact from uh, his passing. So whatever you would feel comfortable sharing, we'd love to hear. Yeah, Dion was uh, – I tell people all the time, they, they kind of they kind of look at me funny when I say it, but um, normally you don't really know what your, what your children are going to become or what they end up – what their impact is because they pass before they do. So unfortunately and fortunately, I was, you know, blessed to see what – his legacy was building, how it was growing, and, and what it is, all at the same time with his death. Um, when he passed away, um, I'd always, he had always talked to me about having an organization. And I was like, no, nah, we're nah, we just going to roll like this. Like, we're going to go play with people. We're going to go do this. In actuality, I was afraid to step out on my own and have my own organization. But as soon as he passed away, I had all the strength, all the power in the world to decide to have, to run my own organization. And so we did that uh, through that process. We put several, several kids um, in colleges from every different level, but his legacy to me is, is, is the ability to anytime we we're doing anything in his honor, the whole entire state jumps behind and that's from T-shirts to to holding all doing celebrity games. Everybody wants to be a part of it. Everybody comes out and helps. So for me, his legacy is really about galvanizing the community, bringing everybody together. Um, everybody's just smiling and having fun. And and when they come to those events, it's kind of whatever they're going through in their everyday life it's left at the door. And when that, that, that hour or two hours that they're with us, um, they're in a totally different space. So for me, it's a, um, a blessing to see how, how well he was loved. And me and my wife, we, we, we joke about time. All I knew Dion was that these, these shoes are coming out that I need, need to get these shoes. I need to get this. I need to get that. And so at one point, I thought he was just selfish, just it was all about him. But once he passed away, we had so many different testimonies, man, of, of kids saying um, he shared his lunch with me. He, he gave me this. He gave me these shoes. And, and one story I like to share with everybody, we were going in and we're cleaning his room and, uh, you know, just trying to, you know, Figuring out boxing up stuff. What you know? How we gonna? If we're gonna keep the room like it is, we're gonna change the room. What we're gonna do? And so I go in the closet. And he has like I don't know, man, 20, 30 different shoe boxes. Majority of Jordans. And I'm going through the boxes, and they're empty. And I'm like, why are these boxes here? And there's no shoes in up under the bed. There's no shoes in the bed. Look at the bottom of the closet. No shoe size. I'm going through. There ends up being about five pairs of shoes. Total out of 25 to 30 something boxes. But as we're going after the funeral, after kids are starting to call, say, hey, 
Dion gave me these shoes. Do you want them back in his memory? Or Dion did this, or Dion gave me this, or Dion let me have these, let me wear these in my game, or whatever the case may be. So it was a good thing to realize he wasn't really selfish. He was asking for us to continue to buy him shoes because he was giving them away. So that was something that was really touching um, to realize that he was listening, he was watching what me and my wife do and and giving back and and sharing and trying to help people because we didn't see that on a daily basis (laughs) because all he did was ask us for stuff. But there was a reason why he was asking for stuff. The reason why he needed $10 a day for lunch and lunch is only like $3 because he's sharing and and buying people stuff and sharing stuff with with people. So um, I think his legacy will live on. Um, Of course, I wear fives on everything. Um, We do different T-shirt drives for the community, the money's all the money's go back to the community, things like that. So um, it's a blessing, man. It's a blessing. Um, some days it's really, really hard, but for the most part, man, it's truly a blessing to know who he was and what he was, uh, his impact was to the community. So it's it's, it's, it's cool, man. I was kind of I was kind of just dropped into grassroots. Um, like I was telling you when I ran the uh, youth service. Um, outreach program, basketball was a part of our intervention. So it wasn't something that I just, I went into thinking about doing. I was kind of dropped into it. And so as we, as we continue to build that program, I was being introduced to summer basketball, which was totally different from when I played. Cause when I played, you paid your $35, you signed up for a team, they put you on the team. You couldn't play with more than three guys on your from your high school. And if you were good enough, you got picked to go play in the all-star games. And then that was it. And then your summer was over and you, you played at the recreation centers and at the parks all day. So when I got introduced to AAU basketball, I was like, okay, well, what is this? And so um, once I got into it, kind of started – you know, running into people that I had played against, running into people that, you know, from from Little League football and, and stuff like that. So grassroots was something that I had no idea about. I was kind of plopped into it. And once I got into it, I saw how it could really help um, young men and women in our community. So I just jumped heads in on it. And so uh, – um, have have been a part of a lot of great programs. Um, Team Texas, um, Texas Blue Chips um, were two programs that I was fortunate to coach under. Um, My son played with um, very influential programs. And so what I saw with it was it gave me an opportunity to meet people that could change individual lives that I came into contact with. And so that's how I approached it. So I approached it as never being just an AAU coach. I always wanted to grow in it from being a coach to a director, to, you know, media, um, to advising. And that's, that's kind of how, um, once I got into it, I just knew I don't want to be a coach. I don't just want to be a coach, but Coaching is what got me started in it. That's where I learned all the ropes, learned everything, you know, learned a lot of stuff about it, met a lot of people, 
Um, and those relationships that I met as a coach are now even more powerful now because the majority of those coaches I met at that time, they are, they are national championship coaches now. And they have two or three championships and um, they're, you know, highly respected, you know, power five conference coaches. And I met a lot of assistant coaches, um, guys who were basketball ops guys at the time. Some were even players in colleges. Now they're college coaches. So it was a gradual growth planned. It wasn't something that, like, it just happened and happened and happened. I always knew I wanted to grow. I didn't want to just be a coach, just be a director. I wanted to be someone that could make a difference. And the only way you do that is by evolving. You don't do that by staying in, you know, staying in one position or one area. You have to strive to evolve. And so that's uh, that's my daily journey, man, evolving. Yeah, that leads us right into our next one. So, you know, obviously I've been able to see it. You know, I've seen you. I think the first time I met Stacey Houston, it was in a gym at Grand Prairie. And I was in junior college at Collin <laughs> County recruiting Lindsey Hewley. Yep, and he ended yep. up going he ended up going to Seminole State, and he ended up going to Weber State, and I coached mm-hmm. against him when I was at uh, Utah. But I say that uh, I remember that then, and then from then, you've evolved continually and continued to kind of stay, kind of like we said, ahead of the curve and continue to – I mean, most of the time people just do one thing, and that's kind of what they do, and they coach, and that's what it is. But you've kind of switched into multiple different lanes. So uh, credit to you for your versatility on that and being ahead of, you know, again, forward-thinking – for sure. My question to you would be, what, what would you say the difference when you hear these two words, how would you break down kind of how it applies to you, the idea of evolving versus arriving? I think you have to arrive um, before you can start your, your, you know, your evolution or your, your, your process of evolving because you, you, when I became a, a, a a grassroots coach. I was green. You know, I had coached. I don't even think I had coached. No, because I didn't. I coached the high school guys varsity team before I ever even coached a youth team. Like, like Dion's team. Dion was was three years old when I started coaching. So that was like my first opportunity. <laughs> you coach to learn, you know. So I went through the process of coaching, understanding personalities, understanding parents, understanding all those things. And so I had to, to me, I had to arrive as a coach first. I had to, to, to almost master that or become at least even good at it, you know, um, and productive at it in order to even move to a different lane. So once I got that down and, 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 now I became more intrigued about, about how do you get a scholarship? How do you go to college? What are, the, what are the parameters for doing all of that, right? And so I think when you say what's the difference between arriving and evolving is you can be really, you can be really, really good at something, right? But, and you can stay there at just doing that. I think that's arriving. I think evolving is taking that what you've gotten, you become really, really good at and add to that. You don't, you don't necessarily have to stop doing it. You don't necessarily 
necessarily have to uh, um, quit on it, but in order to evolve, I just believe you have to you have to be good at something, and then you're going to build on that, right? And if you think about it, I I, I haven't changed the foundation. The foundation is still grassroots, right? It's still basketball. Right. I'm just doing different lanes in basketball. It's just it's right. like I talk. I talk to a lot of guys about about the NBA. You may not be an NBA player, but that doesn't mean you can't be an NBA trainer. That doesn't mean you can't be an equipment manager. That doesn't mean you can't be a videographer for them. You know, uh, there's so many other lanes in the NBA, an agent. Um, but in those lanes that you jump in initially, you want to try to evolve. If you're a coach, a lot of coaches try to become GMs, you know what I'm saying? And then they try to become presidents, you know, of, of organizations. So I think that's it. You arrive in a spot, you figure out what you want to do, and then to evolve is going to the next level. And that's what I've always, I've never been a complacent player person. I've never been a person that just, I'm selling for what I have right now. I'm always looking to have more. I'm always looking to do more. And so I think that's why I always evolve. And, and I don't ever want to, I don't ever want, I'm one of those individuals where I'm big on passing the torch. Yep. Like when you you do something for so long and you get really good at it, I want to pass it on to somebody else so they can have their chance to do what they need right. to do and then move on to the next thing for themselves. Right. You know, I never want to hog a situation. So, um, like now, we just uh, started Jared Culver's um, um, basketball organization, right? So, what I did with, with Dion's basketball organization, I shut it down, and now we just do community service with his foundation. We do no basketball. So, everything that we do now is, is in the community, giving back you know, food, help building homes, all that kinds of stuff. That's what we do now with Dion's foundation. But with Jared's foundation, we're going to do a collaboration of everything. But it's starting with basketball. So I moved my organization out of the way in order for Jared, who's now in the NBA, to start his basketball organization and for him to grow his. And I have the I have the, the blueprint on how to do it, right? So now – you know, I'm big on doing that. On so that's that's kind of what arriving for me and evolving for me has been. No, that's awesome. That's a great breakdown. You kind of touched on Jared uh, Culver, uh, Texas Tech star uh, from the Lubbock area, who played uh, grassroots in Dallas. Played for you, matter of fact, uh, for your son's team. Uh, You've had a lot of really high-level players. I know we're talking about a lot of great things you do in the community and talking about your son's legacy, but you've also worked with a lot of high, high-level players and a lot of them who are now either NBA players or soon-to-be NBA players. So whether it's R.J. Hampton, Jared Culver, um, what's my man's name from Buffalo, C.J. Massenburg, uh, the Ed Dennis's of the world. Keith Frazier back in the day, we can keep the list goes on. You know, I know Emmanuel Moutier and you have a great relationship uh, from his relationship with your son. So just touch on some of the players that you've been blessed to come across and, and kind of your 
impact on them and, and why you believe you've been able to kind of forge those relationships that you have? Because a lot of guys have relationships with a guy. Or they may coach a guy at some point, but they don't necessarily know him as they continue to go through the ranks. I think I think the biggest thing, man, something that I've learned, that I learned from my dad is knowing when you've done all you can for someone and help in assisting them. So it's kind of like you've given them advice. And I'll use, I mean, even going all the way to Keith, but I'll use Jared Colbert. More people are, are familiar with him and his story. Jared played with us for two summers. So he played with us his freshman summer, sophomore summer. So going into his junior year, he was blowing up. Like he was, like people were starting to notice him. He had the UTAs, the Stephen F. Austins, those guys. And so I knew that this kid was bigger than that. Like he had a very, very bright future, right? So his his mom and dad called me and they were like, you know, Stacey, teams are calling us about him playing. And I was like, I was like, you know, but we want to keep him with your organization. And I was like, he's outgrown us. So, so you have to look at other organizations that can help push him over the, over the hump. And so they, she told me about some teams and it goes back into what I was saying about people always ask me about where to play. So they, they asked me about a particular organization, um, Jeff Webster and pro skills. And I'm like, yeah, that's a great organization. Jeff knows basketball. He has connections. They're Nike, EYBL, and will be great for him. Let's look into it. And so they, 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 I take myself out of it other than having my side conversations with Jeff and, and um, um, his right-hand man with um, – I can't even think of his name right now. Um, and at the time, Derek Shelby, one of the organization – so having my side conversation with them, I got this with them were like, hey, he comes and plays with y'all. Y'all better make sure y'all do them right. All the rest of it, y'all handle everything. And so uh, they ended up um, deciding to play play with Jeff. And But through that process of them playing with Jeff, they would always call me. They would always call me. If there was an issue, if everything was great, whatever it is, they would always call me. And I would always tell them, you're on a different level now. They do things differently than little old DJH5. I can do things a little bit differently than they do, but they're on a bigger stage, and this is what he needs. So Jerry goes, he plays with them, and he blows up. What they view that as, as it not being about me. They view that as I had their son's best interest at hand first. It wasn't about him staying DJH5 and blowing DJH5 up and, and all that. It wasn't about that. It was about what did Jared need and what could I do to help Jared and family accomplish that goal. And it's that simple. That's why families always continue to work with me because they know it's not about me. It's about them. I'm always putting them first. Do I benefit in some form? Oh, yes, I'm going to benefit. Because if Jerry Culver goes and makes it, right, I'll be blessed to handle everything that I handled with them 
within my business that I run because they trust me and they know that it's about them. And one of the problems, Burden, and, and we didn't even, we're not even, we, I think we're going that way, but I'm going to go ahead and go that way, is that people don't understand that youth basketball is a business. It's no longer a hobby. It is a business. Now, some kids are playing because it can only be a hobby for them because they're not good enough or they won't be blessed enough to play at a higher level and then play at a level after that. But at the end of the day, there's no tournament you can go play in that's free. There's no event that you can go into that's free, right? You're going to pay an entry fee. Parents are going to pay to watch. You're going to pay to play on that team. So what is that? What is that? Is that a hobby? Sounds like business. Is that a business? Okay. So what I've learned is, is to directly answer your question is, it's just honesty. It's just telling them what you're going to get out of this. If Jared goes and does this and he blows up, that helped me build my relationship and trust with them to them to come and tell me, you're going to help us find our agent. You're going to help us find our financial advisor. You're going to help advise my son when he can't figure something out. We're going to call you. You're going to run his or you're going to run his basketball organization. You're going to be a consultant on the foundation. That's why, because they know it's not about me. It's about them. But yes, I, I will benefit in some form or fashion. And so that's why I'm able to keep those relationships. RJ Hampton been a part of his his growth process since the eighth grade. But I don't make decisions for them. I didn't make decisions for Jared Culver. I don't make decisions for C.J. Madsenberg or Ed Dennis or Jalen Harris, who I'm working with now. I don't make decisions with them. I provide information to help them make educated decisions. And I do it by putting them first. It's not about Stacey Houston. It's about the family. So when you say, how do I cultivate and keep those relationships? That's why. It's real simple. They know where I'm coming from. They know what I'm there for and why I'm there. They have no questions about, you know, they're not wondering, okay, well, you say you're doing it for the kids. Well, if I'm doing it for the kids, I can't come back to you and say, well, hey, if you go and do this, you know, then this is going to happen for me. No, this is a business. And they understand that going in. So there's no, our, 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 Lanes don't get crossed up. We don't get crossed up because they know going in what it is. And that's why I have a lot of high school kids and parents who reach out and want me to help them through that process. And I always tell them, it's about you. It's not about me. I'm going to win just because I'm associated with you. My my reputation, my resume is going to grow, which in fact gives me power with the powers that be. And I want you to know that. But if you don't empower me, then I can't help you. And you definitely don't help me. Right. So that's why I'm able to have those relationships, man. It's pure honesty. You know, they know they know why I'm in the picture and and, and we're both sides are OK with that. And we, we move, we press on and, you know, we steady pushing out success stories. Simple. 
No doubt. And, you, and you've continued to figure out how to help more people have success stories. I mean, Alex Robinson's another one uh, that comes to mind that was at A&M, then TCU, and, and now he's putting himself in a position where he's a legitimate uh, NBA on a border yeah, guy. Yeah, he, 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 he decided not to. He decided not to do the G League this year. He's in Vienna right now. He's he's playing in Vienna right now. So he's gonna go. He's gonna go over there for a year, build a resume, and then we're gonna come back and knock on the door of the NBA. Um, CJ's gonna do another year if they have the G League this year. If not, you know, we'll figure out some plans for him and and try to help him uh, do the things that he needs to do. But he's with a really good agency. He's with Clutch, so they're very they're good at placing guys overseas and. You know, very powerful in the NBA. So um, he's in a good situation, too. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you remember who Jared Culver's first offer was, but when I was at the, the Deion Houston uh, charity game, charity event, and, and Jared was there, I went back and asked him. He's like, you know what? I do remember. <laughs> it was you guys at Lamar. Well, you were at Lamar. So, yeah, Jared, uh, what a great family. And you did follow right behind you. Yeah, we go back, and then, and then right know, he, he blows up. So, uh, yeah, happy for him, happy for his family. Uh, obviously, we go back all the way to Kalen Wilson. I got to give Kalen a shout-out. Lancaster, uh, another really good one um, that played for you. So, yeah, I was going to ask you, man. So, so, so many times it happens where we're not able to kind of let people know certain parts about us because they only have a perception. So, if you were to say – uh, what's something great about Stacey Houston or what's something that people don't know that maybe you would want them to know um, that maybe don't get to know you as well? What would you say that that would be? Um, I'm, I'm, most people that know me know me. They know um, I'm a very honest person. Like, I'm going to tell you exactly what's on my mind. Like mm-hmm. you ain't gonna have to wonder. I like right. it. If I like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't. And I will right. tell you. Um, you take it however you want to take it, right? Um, but I'm really mean about our community. I'm really about our people. I'm about our community. I'm about um working with individuals, working together, right? And trying to empower people. And, and, and make sure or help them not make the same mistakes that I made and to be further along than I am when they turn 50. Like, I'm 50 years old, and I'm in a good place right now. Great place, 50. great place. But why not I made some of the mistakes that I made and some of the decisions I made, right? Um, I could probably be further along. So what I try to do is, is prevent people from making the same mistakes. So when I'm talking to them or I'm giving, I'm sharing some information, it's not to tell you what to do. And I think sometimes that comes across when I'm talking to different individuals that I may be trying to tell you what to do, just trying to prevent you from making the same mistakes. Because one thing about basketball, and you know this, it's a recyclable mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. All they do is recycle, right? There's going to be another me that comes along. There's going to be another... I'm just throwing names out. There's going to be another, you know, Allen Branch that comes along, another Jim Hicks that comes along. Like, people are going to be replaced, right? And people are going to do it better than you, right? But that's what you should want. 
I should want a person coming along behind me to do it better because he can help more people. He can help more guys. I'm not in competition with anybody but myself. I challenge myself every day, right, to be better and get better, right? So that's the only person I'm in competition with. I'm not in competition with anybody else because most individuals that are in this lane, um, especially in Texas, I've been there, done that, right? And so for me, it's about growth. It's about helping the next person be better than me. Right. And that's that's I think a lot of people, people that know me know that, but people that don't know me, I would like for them to know that I want people to be better than me. You know what I'm saying? And 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 uh, that's why I'm always trying to share my 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 decisions and my mistakes that I make with individuals. You know what I'm saying? So because I just want them to be better than me. Yeah, I love it. I think there's a lot of people that probably don't know that. Uh, definitely glad you shared that element. I, I talked a little bit about it at the beginning of this recording. I mean, even what you've done to impact me, uh, it's always been honest. We've always had an honest relationship. We've always had a straightforward, you know, we know where we stand, but at the same time, uh, you haven't had to uh, invest in me or believe in me or celebrate me or see things in me even before uh, I may have seen them in myself. So I appreciate that. And I know there's many, many other stories of, uh, some of the players you named, like Jared, let's be honest, when Jared played for you, I mean, he was just a regular guy. You know, when we offered him, when we were at Lamar, and not to make it about us, but, I mean, there wasn't many people that thought he was going to be in the NBA, let alone even for sure play oh, division. No. You know? I, listen, listen, we had a plan, we had a plan for him, Burden, when he when he went to Texas, Texas Tech. And Coach Beard, Coach Beard, and Aggie, who's now the head coach of the UTA, we talked about redshirting him. Perfect example. He's supposed to redshirt. Right. Because he was coming off a shoulder injury. Right. Yep. And we're saying, like, there's no way he's going to be ready. He's too skinny. He's too this. He's too that. And I remember, I remember Coach Beard calling me. So he got cleared in like October. Season's getting ready to start in November. And Beard calls me and says, uh, we're not going to be able to redshirt him. Like, man, what are you talking about? We already decided he's going to register. He said, hey, there's no way we're going to be able to register. He said, he's going to start before the season is over. I'm like, oh, man, you, you tripping. He's like, no, he's going to start. So do, at, during his freshman year, I started saying, okay, he might can get out of here in three years. Like, he's really getting better. And it, that's a testament to Texas Tech, but it's also a testament to, and I always say to God, Cause we don't we don't know what God's plan is for us, right? Like we have a plan, and and I I share this all the time. My plan for Dion was for him to play in the NBA, but guess what? That wasn't God's plan. God's plan was I'm gonna get 17 years with him, and then he's gonna impact the world. He's gonna impact your life and your wife's life, and he's gonna change a lot of people's mindset when I decide to bring him home. And so the plan that we had for Jared was not God's plan. He had a totally different plan for him. And that's why everything lined up for him his sophomore year. Perfectly. Like, everything, it was perfect. There's nothing went wrong. You know, he shined in every game. He played well. And he wanted to leave after his freshman year. I remember his, his beard calling me. I remember his parents calling me saying, 
um, um, Jerry wants to leave and he thinks he's good enough. He's ready to go. He doesn't want to. And he called me and I said, bro, you're not going nowhere. Like, bro, you staying. Like, you got to stay. Like, they haven't seen Jerry Culver. And he was like, yeah, coach, you're right. And so he stayed. Right? But how how is a kid able or willing to listen to someone t- telling them to do something that they don't want to do, right? And teams are people and teams are telling them that he'll be a second round draft pick. That's because you're being honest with them all the time, and they know that the things that you're telling them is about them. It's not about you. And so the kid stayed and the number six pick. You know, so now, you know, we, we you know, we had a subpar, I think subpar rookie year and uh, he's going to have a full season this year. And, you know, just like he did at Tech, I think he'll have, he's going to have a hell of a um, second year in the NBA and we're going to grow from there. But it's, it, man, you just, Bert, I'm a big believer and you just don't know what God's plan is for you, but you just got to keep him first, right? You got to have faith in yourself. You got to do the right things. Yep. And if you do all those things, man, he's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of you. He's going to make sure that 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 you have a enjoyable life. So it's kind of this is my motto, man. Yeah, he's a he's a big testament to uh, faith and works. Uh, obviously, family, dad, father's a preacher, if I'm not mistaken, correct. And uh, yeah, yeah, yep. grew up, grew up with a strong faith. Always was a hardworking kid. Always a high character kid. And, to be able to lead Texas Tech to, to go into a national championship game, not something anybody ever probably thought for the local kid from Lubbock. So uh, he is always going to be uh, no, no, forever no. history, forever, no, we didn't forever historic uh, player uh, for what he did, not only in, in the high school, but in the, in the local area, but also at the college with the Texas Tech. So, yeah, much love and much props to his story and love, uh, love how you were a part of it in such an instrumental, instrumental part. Uh, of behind the scenes uh, kind of piggybacking on what you just said. I think you've pretty much touched on it for the most part, but what would you say as we kind of wrap up and close and in closing, what would you say? We know you're extending your son's legacy and continuing to live that out. Uh, we know you are making it about others and not yourself. What would you say you would want your legacy to be kind of as we close and, um, you know, wrap up for today? Man, I just, I mean, my wife, we, 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 we argue all the time about it. And I told her, uh, when I do uh, leave this place, I don't want a funeral. I want, you know, all the, the people coming up and saying this and saying that. And I, I don't want all that. Right. Um, but what I do want is for people to sit in their homes or if they walk into a gym and they don't see me, um, they say that, man, Stacy was here. Stacy would, he'd be over there talking to so-and-so. Or he'd be over there doing this. I just want to be remembered as being a person that tried to help who all he could help. And whoever asked him for some help, he gave that. And he went out of his way to try to help him. That's it. Nothing else. Real simple. That's it. You know, no big fanfare. No, you know, he was this, he was that, he was this. Just, man, that dude tried to help everybody that he could. Um, He tried to bring the community together um, to work together, do events together, um, showing that we can do things 
We don't have to have outside sources coming in, doing things. Um, and that's it, man. That's really it. It's all about the community for me. Yeah, we appreciate you uh, taking so much time out today to come on and share the story and share the behind the scenes of, um, you know, one of the more influential people in the grassroots circle when it comes to Dallas basketball. I mean, we could talk forever, like I said, about all the different things you've done and all the people you've helped. And um, But definitely appreciate you coming on. Definitely just want to give you a chance to give your last few words closing as, as we kind of move out and be safe, everyone, of course, and, and keep up the great work. Stacey, I'm, I'm super grateful to you. I had to have you on because of how you've impacted me and our story. And uh, plus, I just think, you know, you do too much good and you're not a guy who's looking for the credit, like you said. So wanted to be able to give you some of the flowers and give you some of the uh, opportunity to be able to share more of your story and more of your narrative and more of your son's story. So, yeah, anything you want to close with and then we'll wrap it up, man. No, man, I, I, I really appreciate it, man. You know, I don't do stuff like this and, and uh, um, I only I only did it because of you, uh, for the love I have for you. And I'm so happy of the of 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 what you're accomplishing um, and, and what you're doing. Um, you're a great role model for the next generation of guys that are coming in. Uh, and you talk about me evolving. Um, that's exactly what you're doing, right? Like that's exactly what you're doing. And, and you and I have had a lot of conversations about what I thought you know, you might should be doing or what you shouldn't be doing. And and uh, it feels so good to see you doing what I've always thought you should have been doing. Right. Like like leading a charge. And uh, I salute you. Keep doing what you're doing, man. And, and I'm always next way. No doubt, man. No doubt. Uh, Nietzsche, I think you can hit the hit the record stop. And uh, yeah, we made it. I was gonna see what see what.